Hey, everybody. One voice, our prayer service. If you have offering, we'll just take up offering or just there's a bucket right there. Just drop it in the bucket when you leave, okay? You don't have to, we won't, we won't do it right now, okay? But if you have offering this evening or to the, today, just drop it in that bucket. Uh, one voice prayer service, that's a multi, multi-church prayer service. The last one we did, we had over 20 pastors and churches represented there. And so I want to encourage you, put it on your calendar, August 3rd, and you saw it up there. If you need uh, directions, if you want to follow anybody, whatever, just let us know, okay? Because we, we want to be a part of that. I, was, I met with Logan this week. He came to our uh, pastor's prayer time that I have here in uh, Maumelle with some of the other Maumelle pastors, and I got to, uh, let him speak to some of those guys that didn't know about One Voice. And he came and looked at our facility, and we're hopefully going to be hosting One Voice. He we were talking about either November or February. I said, well, maybe February because we have a few few little things we need to focus on and work out, and Christmas will be coming up about that time. And, uh, and I've got to get it all worked out with uh, Michael to uh, allow us to do that. But uh, that will be very exciting, and I hope that we can work that out. But I encourage you, put this on your calendar, mark it down. Like I said, it's a multi-church prayer gathering. And... I wanted to enter. I was glad I was introducing this this morning because what I'm going to be speaking on goes right along with it. And I talked to to Logan the other day about about prayer, and he he started a ministry called Arkansas for Christ, and he's pretty much a um, a missionary uh, for Arkansas. He goes all over the state working with churches to gather churches together to get them to uh, get together and pray and work with churches. He's actually working with, uh, with the Billy Graham, I don't know if it's Billy Graham or his son, but anyway, that, that association, I think it's uh, Franklin Graham, he's working with their association to build a network of churches across Arkansas that, are gonna, that, that we would have churches praying around the clock for our nation and for things that are going on in this world. So I, I encourage you to be a part of this. If you get to, if you're to get and sit and talk and meet Logan, you'd find out this, this guy is a real deal. He's only about 27, 28 years old. This guy's on fire. He loves the Lord. And this is not about him making something up, making something happen. This is really about him wanting to see God do some big changes in churches, in people's lives, all across the state of Arkansas. There's another network up in the north, uh, up around Fayetteville area that he's not a part of. It's not one voice. It's called uh, something else, one something, another. Uh, one church is what it's called. And uh, he goes up and he just he participates with them and has been helping them uh, get better at getting churches together. And uh, so anyway, I just wanted to encourage you to be a part of that and we'll, can, we'll, we'll let you know next week and again and remind you again. I want you, if you have your Bibles, jump over to Isaiah Chapter 56 and verse 7 is where we're going to take our scripture from this morning. Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 7. And I really just want us to look at the bottom part of this. It said, For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. And then we're going to jump over here. My note, if I've got my marker here right into Matthew, where Jesus is, is uh, he's come in, 
Matthew chapter 21 and verse 12. This will not be up on your screen. So if you have your Bibles, you can flip over there. Jesus went into the temple of God and drove out all those who bought and sold in the temple and overturned the tables of the money changers and the seats of those who sold doves. And he said to them, It is written, My house shall be called a house of prayer. But you have made it into a den of thieves. Let's just pray for a minute, okay? God, I just want to thank you. I want to thank you for what you've put on my heart for this morning. I want to thank you for these people that have come. I thank you that it doesn't take 100 people or 2,000 people or 50 people or 20 people or 5 people. It only takes 2 or 3 and that you are there and that you will touch them and you'll meet them right where they are. God, I thank you this morning that you're here with us and that you're going to minister up to us this morning. We just, we just want to give you glory and honor and praise. We want to continue to do that this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. He says, my house shall be called a house of prayer. That's what is written in Isaiah chapter 56 and verse 7. So I wanted, last week I told you about something that, that we're starting on Sunday nights. And so I wanted to talk to you really about what God has laid on my heart because I've been praying and... Um, some of you, this is only your second or third, fourth time here. Some of you have been here since we started, and we have some that are out. And this morning we had some other people that are out, and we do need to pray for uh, R.C. and his wife are traveling this weekend uh, to Louisiana and back, so we need to be praying for them also. And we just need to be praying for those people who are out, that God will just give them traveling mercies. And as I, as I was saying, I said, God, you know, I don't know if this is for new people so much as it is for us, those that have been here from the start, those have been here for a while, but the Lord just spoke to me, and he says, the people that need to be there are going to be there because I've ordained for them to be there. I says, is that right? He says, well, I'm, I've kind of got this in my spirit. It's like, well, there would be a few more people I'd like to be there, but, you know, I can't get everybody there. <laughs> but that was just what I got in my spirit. And I was like, okay, God, so the people who, who need to be here are going to be here to hear what, we have to, what, what, what I feel the Lord has to say to us. When we started Unlimited Church, you know, the, the word unlimited came to mind, and I, I've told most everybody about this, you know, what God just began to minister to me and minister to my heart, that we want to be a church that didn't have any limits, that didn't see God as in a box, that we had to put him in a box, because so many people today put God in a box. He can only do this, he can only do that, this way, that way. He only works this way today, he doesn't work that way anymore, or he doesn't work a different way. He only does it this way. And then when you look across the nations, when you look across the nations, you look into Africa, and you look into China, and you look into North Korea, where you just get killed just for being a Christian, and you see God moving in great and mighty ways, totally different than, he does, than we see in the churches in America. And I, I just, I want God to move the way he wants to move. I want him to do the things that he wants to do in our lives and in our church. I don't want it to just to be the same old, hey, we went to church Sunday morning, it was good. Maybe we went to church Sunday night. I never had any plans of doing anything on Sunday night other than membership. Just a couple of weeks of membership. People come to it. People get to know about the church. People decide if they want to be a part of the church or be a member of the church. And that was it. I, 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 I said to myself, well, I, I just don't want to just, just have a bunch of services. And about three or four weeks ago, we were, the Lord was just dealing with me and just talking to me. And, and, and I was like, man, God, I'm tired when Sunday night comes you know we, we get up early in the morning we come set up and we tear down and we do this and we do that 
And I just kept on feeling this, just, just kind of this urging inside of me. I got something I need you to do. I need you to, th- to be thinking about this. And then I, I told some of y'all last week, then, then Victoria, she comes over a lot on, on uh, Sunday nights, and, and we'll get in the Word, and we'll get to talking about things, or she'll call on the phone, and, and uh, Christy and I will three-way in with her, and we're all sitting here chit-chatting and talking about stuff, and God's just, I can just, God's stirring and God's moving, and I'm like going, okay, God, this is really neat. And so as, as I was praying about it, I just felt like the Lord says, I just need you and everybody to get on your knees in prayer and call out to me. See, the, the idea of a prayer meeting, and if you see on our slide before church, the idea of a prayer meeting is old-fashioned, right? Everybody, oh, a prayer meeting? Well, well, yeah, people have prayer meetings. That's interesting. Now now we have worship experiences. We, don't, we won't call them prayer meetings because people don't come to pray unless you have musicians and you have singers. That's the only way you can get people there. If you call a prayer meeting, people don't want to come. They're like, a prayer meeting? What are you, you going to do? Well, we're going to pray. We're going to pray. Well, that's old-fashioned. Well, yeah, it is old-fashioned. And it worked pretty good. We've talked about this, and I, and I preached a series on the Holy Spirit. We look at Peter and all those disciples, those 120 that went into the upper room. They had no preconceived notions about what was going to happen when they went up there, but they listened to what Jesus said. And he said, go and tarry until the promise of the Father comes. So they go up in this room, and, and they had to wait 10 days before something happened. But uh, the question always comes to my mind, what if it had been 50? Would they have still been there? Would they have still waited? And how many people didn't wait the 10 days? How many people came up there for 15 minutes? It's like, man, you know, it's kind of warm up here. You know, you don't have an air conditioner. You don't have any fans up here. I just don't know if I could do this for 10 days. How many of them stepped out and said, I can't do that? But they decided, we're going to go and we're going to listen to Jesus because they had had something that had changed in their life. They saw Jesus differently. They listened to God. They heard God in a different way. And they said, you know, now what is next? And if we took the prayer meeting like Peter did, the disciples did, and we said, if we're going to go to prayer meeting, what is next? We've got this far. We're here in our lives. But what is next? Notice he says that my house will be a house of prayer. He didn't say my house will be a house of music. He didn't say my house will be a house of preaching. He didn't say my house will be a house of teaching. He said my house will be a house of prayer. Now do all those other things, do they all play a part? Yes. But let me ask you something. Did did Peter have the Bible in his hand? Did those 120, did did they have this right here? Could they sit there all evening and study? No, they they couldn't. Well, how in the world did they make it? Because they talked to the one who wrote this. They talked to the one who inspired this. They spoke to him. They took time out for him to listen to him and wait on him and not get in a hurry. That's why that song, You're Precious to Me, because I want you more than my comfort. If I turn the air conditioners off right now, it's going to get really hot in here. But if the Lord said, just tarry, you don't have any air conditioners, just tarry, would we stay here and tarry until God did something? 
What if we didn't have a building at all? But maybe we only had a tree to sit under. Would we sit there and wait on God to move in our life the way he wants to move in our life? Would we go to him? Would we even take time to talk to him? See, we can read this all day long and we can, we can learn about God, but we want to know God personally. See, prayer is a conversation between us and God. It's not, it's not just... It's not just us talking to God, asking Him for something. It's us listening, okay. Okay, God, I have petitioned you. I put this out there for you now. I need you to bring back me something. I need a word. I need you to speak to me. I need you to, to speak to my heart. I need you to touch this need, whatever it is. That's what I need you to do. Why? Because He's a friend. He's our friend. And I don't know about you, but I like to talk to my friends. I like to talk, my wife's my friend, I like to talk to her. I don't want her to write a diary, and that's all I do is read the diary. I don't want her to write a cookbook and just me read the cookbook and, man, I love her food. No, I want to talk to her about, how do you make this, how do you do this? Oh, this is good, what did you put in it? You know, it's just great to talk to that friend. And when we take time out for God, that's our friend, and we're talking to him, and we're spending time with him, and we get to listen to his voice. And he gets to speak things to us that are fresh and new. His house will be a house of prayer. He, his house will not be a house of music. It will not be a house of preaching. You know, today we've got a lot of, we've got a lot of what, what I would call uh, rock star pastors out there. Rock star pastors. Because they're out there and they've got their name up in lights and it's all about them. And you talk to somebody and say, where do you go to church? Oh, I go to church A down here and my pastor is pastor so-and-so. My pastor is so great. My pastor is so awesome. It, believe me, I've talked to him. I remember knocking on a door. I was at another church and we were going through the neighborhood and we were reaching out to people, trying to touch people's lives. And there was a lady there taking care of her uncle and I knocked on the door, and she's like, hey, how are you doing? And she's a sweet lady. And I says, good. And, and I says, hey, we're from this church over here, and we just, we, we just want to see if there's anything we can pray with you about it. You know, what, what can we, you know, anything that you have any needs. I wanted to invite you to church. She says, oh, I appreciate that, but I go to church number A over here. Oh, you know my pastor, pastor so-and-so? He's amazing, isn't he? And then she goes on and on about how amazing her pastor is. Let me tell you something. If people are coming to church because of Adam Levins, number one, that's not going to happen. But if they're coming to church for Adam Levins, they're coming to church for the wrong reason. If they're a part of this church because who I am or because who the praise team is or who Christy is or because some celebrity goes to church here, what does that matter? That doesn't matter at all. Peter didn't go there and say, hey, guess what? I'm Peter. Y'all come with me. Now you have to go tell everybody about what I'm doing up here. No, no. Peter went to pray. The disciples went to pray. They went to seek out God. And that's what we need to be doing. We need to be coming in here, whatever time it is when we get here in the morning time. Some of us get here, you know, real early. And I'm here early, and I'm setting this stuff up, and I just begin to pray. I was like, God, I just want this place to be a house of prayer. I want this place to be a house of prayer. But another thing that's so interesting is after the veil was torn in two, you know you became the temple of the Holy Spirit. So you should be a house of prayer. Your, this body right here should be a house of prayer. We've talked about it some on Wednesday nights. But are we doing it? It's one thing to talk about something. It's something totally different to actually do it. 
It's something totally different to actually do it. A house of prayer. So I'm praying and I'm like, okay, God, this is, this is what I want and, uh, or this is what I'm feeling that you're wanting from us and how you're wanting it to go and everything and the Lord's speaking to me and starting to lay these things out. Okay, I want you to do this and I want you to do that. And I'm just like, oh, man, I just don't know. So I was talking to Logan Wednesday, and I told Logan what was going on in my heart and what the Lord was speaking to me and, and where I'm wanting to go. And he says, man, you need to read this book. And I said, okay, I'll read the book. So I got the book. I started reading it this week. And I'd never read this book before. I love this pastor. He's an amazing man of God. And I began to read this book. And everything that was going on in this book, it was like my story. And I'm just reading, I'm like, going, what in the world's going on here? And this happened four, like 30 years ago, 40 years ago, something like that, a long time ago. And I'm reading this book, and everything the Lord had spoken to me about what he wanted us to do for prayer, this is exactly what the Lord spoke to this pastor for his church. This pastor took over a church, and then another church needed some help, and so he started helping pastor that church. So he's pastoring two churches on the weekend. And the Lord finally called him to that other church where he didn't even receive a salary. The Lord said, this, this, that's the one. Spoke to his wife too. And they go over there. And, and they were just struggling along. And they were just, just making, it was just hard for them. And he's preaching on Sundays. And, he, and they're singing. And they're doing these things. And then he, he got a really bad cough and cold. And, and uh, his mother and father-in-law says, hey, Come on down to Florida. Here's a ticket. Fly down here. Spend a week down here. Let's see if that helps you with your cold. And so while he's, he's there, he goes out on a fishing boat, and he's got his fishing gear with him and everything. Everybody else is around him fishing, and he begins to cry and speak to the Lord over those waters. God, what do you need to do to revive us? What do you need to do to grow us? What do you need to do to make us effective? And the Lord says, I need my house to be a house of prayer. And so he came back that, that Sunday morning and he said to, to, told the church a lot of what I'm telling you today. And here's something that was so crazy. I told Mike this already, and it was a little scary to say this, but I said, Mike, what happens on Sunday nights is going to be the judge of where our church is going. It's going to be, it's going to be the barometer of where we're going to go as a church. Now, you've got to remember, I had no plans of doing anything on a Sunday night. But the Lord, I just felt the Lord speak that to me. I said, that's just a little scary to say that because people don't like to come to prayer meetings. People don't like to take time out for prayer meeting. They already got Sunday morning. Why go to prayer meeting? We got Wednesday night Bible study. Why prayer meeting? And I'm reading this book, and then what does he say? He tells his church, the barometer for our church on our health and our growth and everything else is going to be based, is going to be based off of our prayer meeting. And their prayer meeting was on Tuesday night. That day, <clears throat> there was a pastor that was in church with him from another country. And he asked that pastor, he says, would you, would you like to say a word? And the pastor steps, comes to the front, and he said this right here, really short and simple. He says, you can tell, you can tell how popular the church is by how many people come to church on Sunday morning. You can tell how popular the pastor is by how many people come to church on Sunday night. And you can tell how popular God is by how many people come to prayer meeting. And he, and he stepped away from the pulpit, and that, or, that was it. 
Never heard from him again. Didn't even remember, didn't know his name or nothing. That was it. But God spoke through through that pastor that day to that congregation. And I ask you, if we took this building, this building became 100 degrees in here, would we stay? You see, we, ha we have a luxury that, that many people don't have today. The church is growing in China, and they don't have the luxury we have. North Korea, people are getting saved. They don't have the luxury we have today. All they can do is call on the name of the Lord, calling on Jesus. It's all they can do. Many of them don't even have Bibles, but they can call on Jesus. And in this church, the one I'm talking about, this church, they would come together, and it would be 100 degrees at nighttime. And you go, but a prayer meeting, it's old-fashioned, like I said earlier. It's old-fashioned. Are you sure? Are you sure this is what God's speaking to you? So in the prayer meeting one night, the pastor said, he said, I just started singing Silent Night. It was in the middle of, middle of the summer. It was 100 degrees outside, and started singing Silent Night, Holy Night. And the church starts singing outside. The windows were open outside, and drunks walking past the church. And he hears them singing Silent Night. And he goes, man, this stuff has really gotten to me. I need to get right. And he comes in the church and gave his life to the Lord because he heard them singing Silent Night in the middle of a prayer meeting, in the middle of this prayer meeting. But story after story of this happening, this pastor's daughter had strayed away from God, and he struggled, and he fought with her, and and, and he rebuked her, and he did everything he could as a dad to try to get her back into church and keep her away from this bad boyfriend that she had. And he just kept on working on her, working on her, nothing happened. And it was engulfing him. I mean, he would go to church on Sunday morning, all he could think about was his daughter. He'd cry, he'd cry tears all the way to church. When he'd get to church, he'd be cried out because be so, he was so upset. And then he had to preach three or four sermons because God had grown this church to that point. At one point, they were running 100 people in, in their prayer meeting with 150 people on a Sunday morning. Today, they're running thousands of people on Tuesday night prayer meeting. Thousands come for prayer. But he, he goes to church that morning. He had just given it up. He's okay, God. God told him just to give it up. Give it over to me. I don't want you talking to her. I don't want you doing this. I don't want you doing that. So he's in church that night. It's a Tuesday night. And he's in that service, and, and one of, uh, uh, his, well, his wife, his, his wife was struggling, he was struggling. One of the guys came up to him and says, Pastor, we need to pray for your daughter. And he was thinking, God, I don't know. I don't know if we should make this about me, you know. This, is, this church is bigger than me. So we need to pray for your daughter. So the church got together in that prayer meeting. They began to pray for his daughter, but they began to seek God out for his daughter. And I don't remember, I think it was a couple of days later, he was in his, his study and his wife comes in and says, you got to come, come down here. Chrissy's here. He's like, what? He goes down and she's in the floor. She's, she's crying. She's upset. And she said, Dad, I'm sorry. I've sinned against you. I've sinned against God. I've sinned against myself. She's just crying. And she says, Dad, who was praying for me on Tuesday? He didn't want to say right away because his daughter's sitting right here in the floor with tears streaming down her. Dad, who was praying for me on Tuesday? And she keeps on asking him this. Says, 
Something happened Tuesday night. Who was praying for me Tuesday night? And he said, the church. The church lifted you up in prayer on Tuesday night. And she came back to God. Yes, prayer meetings are old-fashioned. House, being a house of prayer is old-fashioned because it's not the cool thing to do. We have our countdown timers. We have our hour and 15-minute services. We have our musicians. We have our singers. We have our whatever, you name it. We've got it all, and that's all good and great. But we have got to give God an opportunity to do something he can do that we can't do. Did you know that church growth in America today, that 75% of church growth is people leaving one church coming to the next church? 75% of all church growth is transfer growth, which means it's no growth at all. 75%, I'm saying this a few times because I need you to get this in your head. 75% of church growth is transfer growth. And I said when we come here, that's not what we're here for. If somebody needs to leave another church because that church isn't going after God, that's one thing. But we ain't here. I've got friends, I've got pastors all over Maumelle, and we pray on Wednesday mornings together, and we're believing for their churches. I'm not believing God's going to take people out of their church and bring them here. But you know what? I, I was praying last night, and as I was looking this over and praying over this and going over this, and the Lord said, I want you to ask the people to look at every empty chair in this place. We have 48 chairs that sit out here on Sunday morning. Every empty chair in this place represents a lost soul. Now, I know we can sit 600 in here, but let's just deal with the 48 chairs that we got here right now. Every empty chair in this place does not represent somebody from another church. Every empty chair should represent a lost soul that could be here receiving, could be here worshiping, could be here hearing. Are we going to cry out to God? Are we going to become so passionate in our prayer life, it's so passionate as a church, to say, God, what can we do to reach people to fill these chairs up with unsaved people that have come to you, that know you? Here's one right here, but we need more. You're one, you used to be one, but we need more. All along there, we need more. We don't need to grow this church because... Somebody's preached a good message. We don't need people walking out of here going, man, I tell you what, Mike did a great job this morning. Man, did you hear those licks on that guitar? That was the best, that's the best thing in the world. That was amazing. We don't need people going, man, Pastor Adam, man, that was, just a, that was a great message. He just did a great job. He was funny this morning. He really made me laugh. No, we need people walking out of here going, God spoke to me today. I know that this week I'm going out and I'm going to reach some people for Christ. I'm going to talk to somebody. I'm going to be able to do something for somebody because God spoke to me and he met me today. When it, during worship, the Holy Spirit came down and just flooded my soul and just filled me up and prepared me for this week. I may have told you, I probably told you all about this before, but there was a church that I was in that I did the worship. And, and, and it really... This for the youth, and it was on a Saturday night, and we had almost 50 youth that came to this thing. The church didn't even run 50 people, but we had 50 youth that come. And let me tell you, I, will, I know beyond a shadow of doubt what it was. Two hours before we would start, my worship team, which was all made up of youth, would get there, and we would pray together for two hours before church would start. Then church would start. This is youth, folks. Then church would start, but we started to see this thing happening, 
where the, where the youth pastor couldn't preach. So the youth pastor then just, we would start church and he would preach. And then we would go into worship and prayer. And another, that went on for three hours. And we had to shut down because we had church the next morning had to clean up and send the kids home. But think about that, five and six hours of prayer. What was happening? And those kids are going, they're from drug-addicted homes. They're from homes where their parents were split up or boyfriends and their, their boy, mom's boyfriend was living with them, vice versa. All this junk was going on. Abuse was going on. And what is sad about that church is the pastor got very, very upset because of how big the youth group had grown on Saturday night because it overshadowed him. And he shut it down. But the youth came to the youth pastor's house the night that we had to tell everybody we couldn't continue doing it. The pastor wouldn't let us do it anymore. And they were crying and they said, we live for Saturday night because that helps me make it through the rest of the week. That helps me make it through the rest of the week. See, if we could get to the point that those youth had gotten to, and a lot of them were in bad situations, but if we could get to a point where we said, Ah, man, i got to be there because it helps me through the rest of the week because I spent time with my family members on my knees in prayer to God and seeking God out But because I need that all week long. I can't make it without it. With our passion, we get that strong. And it's just like I talked about, about that movie. Oh, I just left that movie just so aggravated. I like a good movie like anybody does. But I left there just going, why in the world? And is this even worth it? Should I even spend my time with this anymore? How much time am I taking up with this thing and that thing and all these other things that aren't God? What if I spent that much time with God every week? What would God do in my life? And then therefore, what would God do in our church? We have got to get on our knees. We've got to call out to God. And you go, okay, so... so what are you talking about in a prayer meeting? What are we talking about? Well, well, here's what we're talking about. We're talking about a time that we come together, and you have needs. You have needs, and we pray about them some, but we need to pray about them more. We've got people that need to get closer to God. Isn't that right? We're praying about that, but we need to do it consistently on a weekly basis, and we need to see God move, and we need to cry out to God until we see these things start happening. We've got family members who don't know the Lord. We've got family members who have been so hurt in church that they don't even want to go to church. And we need to see restoration. We got fathers who don't take care of their children, and we need to see that change too. But you know what? We can complain about it all we want. We can talk about it all we want, or we can get together and we can pray about it together. We can seek out God together to see God make a change in people's lives that we can't do ourselves. And you go, are you sure that this can happen? Well, yes. Let me tell you another story. Uh, a young lady, she... At this church, she was she was she moved into this house close to this church, and 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 at the time, the the church would be kind of like us, you know. They'd have music, and then they had prayer, and and this would go on, and, and and she was living next to this. Oh, it just aggravated the fire out of her. She'd be in her room, and she had she had pretty much run away from home, and and was living with her boyfriend, and her boyfriend was really bad and beat her, did all these things, and she'd hear this church. Praying every Tuesday night. Oh, it just got on her nerves. Well, then she moved somewhere else. And then the person across the hallway, she became friends with them and come to find out that this, um, this person was a part of that church where she had just moved from. It was a part of their choir. 
And you see their choir, they had choir practice on Friday night. Their choir today runs over 250 people, and there's a waiting list. But there's a requirement for choir practice. There's prayer before choir practice, 30 minutes at least of prayer. And a lot of times choir practice goes into, goes into a time of just prayer and worship. And they don't even get to practice. And if, you, and if you, you've heard this choir before, and they're just amazing. And nobody on the team knows how to read music. Only God has moved on that. But this lady, she, she's heard this. She, this person says, hey, I want you to come. Our choir is going to be singing, and I'd like you to come. I want to invite you to come. So finally she decided to come. And I'm really short on this story. It's a good story. So she finally decides to come, and God moves on her life. Why? Because prayer, prayer, and more prayer. And she gets to tell her story. She invited all of her family members to church. She gets to tell her story to all of them, leaving out some of the, some of the most, more lurid details. And saw many of her family members give their life to Christ through what had happened to her. I could give you story after story after story. But the power that this church has should be in God. It shouldn't be in a man. It shouldn't be in a marketing scheme. If I took the signs down, and listen, we've all, those that have been here, we know, we've, we try to make sure our signs are up, try to make sure it's easy and comfortable for people to find us and come in. But if we took the signs down, would the power of God be so strong that when we go out, we pray for people, we talk to people, they come to church on Sunday morning, they go out and get more people, they come to church on Sunday morning. Would the power of God be is so strong that we wouldn't even need signs? If we could get to that point, what would happen? I'm telling you, I'd be more excited than ever because I want to go out on a, on, on a weekly basis and say, this is what God did in our service. This is how God touched in our service. This is the people that showed up. These are the people who got saved. And you see all these chairs over here that didn't have anybody sitting in them? You see all those people sitting in them? All of those didn't even know Jesus just a month ago or a year ago. All those are filled up with people who are now going to heaven. Not people who transferred from another church. Not people who left another church because they were dissatisfied. But people who have now become a part of the body of Christ. His church. His church. That's what we need. When I first moved to this town, I talked to the pastors, and I said, hey, I'm not here to take any of your people. And they said, well, we, you know, we do have a few that we'll give you. I said, I won't take those either. But I said, I'm not here to take them. He said, listen, Adam, if we filled all of our churches up three times every Sunday, we still would have people that didn't know Jesus, still have people that need to, to meet Jesus. On any given Sunday, 35% of professing Christians in the United States, which the number I think is less now, but the last time I looked, 35% on any given Sunday are in church. 35% of professing Christians are in church on any given Sunday. Not 50, not 60, not 85, 35%. Now, I don't know where their life is, but God, all that other 65%, I have no idea. Maybe they're just saying they're Christians. Maybe, I don't know. But if God is moving in such a powerful way, maybe, just maybe, we just drag ourselves into church. Maybe, just maybe, those people, maybe, maybe part of that 65 would just say, hey, no, there is something different. It's not a club. 
It's not a performance. It's not anything else. It's God moving. And that's what we can have here. That's what we can have here. I love the people that we have here. We have amazing people here. And God has given us great people here. But we got so much more that God wants us to do. But the best way to do that is prayer. So I just want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Sunday nights at 6 p.m. is going to be prayer meeting in my house. And I said it last week. Whether it's me and my wife or 10 people or 20 people or whatever, that's what it's going to be. And one day, here's what I pray for. Here's what I'm hoping. This is my vision. One day I'm believing that it's going to be such a big and strong and mighty group of people that we're going to be renting this facility all day on Sundays. And Sunday evenings is going to be our prayer time. Sunday evening is going to be our time to reach out. And what you, you say, okay, I, you need to write down stuff. You need to write, say, I need prayer for this, this, and this, and this. I don't care if it seems a little bit um, presumptuous to talk to God this way. I don't think, even if you think, well, I, I want to be humble. No, you just write it down. You got people you need to pray for, let's pray for them. Let's seek God out, and let's start praising God, and let's start giving glory to God because of what he's done. We've done some of that. We need to do more of that. Write it down. We're going to pray for people. We're going to pray for our president at times. We're going to pray for our nation. We're going to pray for other things. You know, I think it's pretty interesting, right? We complain about not having prayer in public schools, but we can't bring people together for prayer in church. Maybe if we could bring some people together for prayer in church, we'd have prayer in public schools. But think about this. This one voice. I want to see it take off. I want to see these churches get together. But those of us that went to it, the last one, we did have 21 churches, 23 churches, I think it was. In an auditorium that seats around 1,000, I think, and it wasn't full, out of 23 churches. And some of these are mega churches that run five, six, ten thousand 10,000 on Sundays. We went to one church. Um, I've been to most of, the, most of them over the last two years and went to one church that I see a lot more than that, and we, were, we went into their smallest room, and I bet you there wasn't 300 people there that night for prayer. All these pastors there, but nobody there for prayer. I don't know if the pastors aren't teaching their people. I don't know what's going on exactly, but I want us to be a house of prayer. And I don't want you to say, okay, well, that, that's great, pastor. I'll, I'll sit at home, and I'll pray. I'll do what you say. I'll pray at home. No, we need to come together and agree together. There are needs that you have that you need prayer with other people together. And I don't care if you say, man, I, I can only come for, for 30 minutes or 45 minutes or an hour or whatever it is. You, you come and let's take some time out for God. And let's just spend some time with God and let's just begin to pray. And we're going to see things happen that we, what we can't even imagine. And I don't want this to be something that's, that's cool and hip and all that kind of stuff. You know, we do this and we do that. No, I just want it to be about God. And let's let God take it where he wants to take it. This is not about me. I'm not going to come in there. I, you know, you come to my house, I'm not going to sit there and talk to you for an hour. That's not what it's about. This is about God. I'm sure we'll have some Bible study at the end of it. I'm sure people are going to hang out, you know, and, and we're going to talk. And we're going to have some good time there. But I want it to be about prayer. I want it to be a focus on God. And I want to see our church travail before the Lord and cry out before the Lord. I want us to do corporate prayer where we're all praying. Not this thing where just me pray or just somebody. But we're all praying together and we're all out loud. Not for any show. Not for anything like that. But for 
solidarity together that we're praying and we're seeking God out for what he's going to do. For what he's going to do. Let's pray. God, I just thank you for this day. I thank you for what you are going to do in our church at Unlimited Church. Lord, that our path is going to be straight. It's going to be focused on you, not on one individual person, not on a group of people, just on you. Lord, we have people here that need touched. We have people that need you, Jesus. People that need to come to you. People that are away from you. People that aren't living for you, Lord. We have people that are hurting. People, Lord, that need you just to come in and love on them. And, Lord, it's got to be up to us to reach out to you, to seek you out, to pray, to seek your face and see you do something and see you change people's lives because we can't do it. We can be cool and we can be unlimited church and we can do some marketing schemes and marketing techniques and maybe we, we grow something. Maybe we transfer from people from another church to here and grow, grow something out of that. But, God, that's not the plan. The plan is to reach people for you to reach people that don't know you, that are dying and going to hell, people who are, are strung out on drugs, people who, who are divorced, Lord, because they cheated on their wife. Lord, people, uh, like I said earlier, parents that aren't taking care of their children, that they're going to come back to you and they're going to become the father, they're going to become the mother that you've called them to be. And that they're going to say, you know what, I'm going to do something different because you have miraculously changed their hearts. You've miraculously changed their position in life and they have become what you have called them to become. Lord, that we would stop trusting in medicine, that we would stop trusting in what we can do in our own strength and we will start trusting in the one who made us, the one who gave us breath, the one who gave us life. Lord, that you would come down in our lives, Lord, and change us personally. Change me, God. Lord, make me more passionate. Make me passionate for your word. Make me passionate for time with you and study with you. But make me passionate, most of all, Lord, for time to pray and speak with you one-on-one, -on -one, God, so that you can speak back to me, so that you can do amazing things in the lives of the people in this church, Lord, as we pray, as I pray and as we pray for each other, God. We just give you glory, praise, and honor. In Jesus' name, amen. And I want to say... For the next 30 days, we've got, we got a big church that's praying for us. That church I was talking about, uh, I contacted them. And they have a way of contacting them for prayer. And I, put the, I had us put on the prayer list for our prayer meeting. And I just put, we're a brand new church, and we just want God to have his will and his way in our prayer meeting. And wherever, whichever way he wants to do it. So I'm believing, man, we're, we're going to have... We're going to have three, 4,000 people on a Tuesday night praying for an unlimited church and, and what God's going to do in this church right here. That's what they're going to be praying about. So I'm really believing what God spoke to me. Like I said, it's scary because prayer meeting's old-fashioned. But hey, if that's what God wants, that's what God wants. Praise God. Well, if you have offering, the offering bucket's there. Say hi to somebody. I'll be at the, my house at, to this evening. And I hope that you can, you can make it to prayer meeting, and uh, you be blessed, okay?